I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, December 19th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed in the dollar... Is ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You listen to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with none other than the man, the myth, the legend himself. <laughs> oh, what were you laughing about? I was talking about KC. Uh, that's why I was laughing. Yeah. Okay. That's how I refer to him every time we get on the phone with a client. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Just, i got to give him his introduction. Smith. There That's you right. go. Oh, you got to get it right. I mean, a man wears a cape everywhere yeah, he goes. You got it. You got to give the introduction. Yeah, no doubt. And and the other voice you hear is, uh, I mean, he's he's uh, you know one of my favorite oh. co-hosts. That's mighty, oh, cut, mighty cut nice of you there, Troy. I wasn't trying to be nice to you, <laughs> uh, Jarrett well, McKenzie. It is always good to be here with you, man. It's yeah, good no good doubt. shows. Yeah. The time mayor of Holden County. The mayor. That's right. <laughs> can a county have a mayor? I mean, is that <laughs> it, it can now. Yeah. In yeah. Paulding. We're talking about Paulding here. <laughs> All right. Well, I figured you'd be more like the justice of the peace or yeah, you know. You know, constable or something. No. You're gonna the be political path is a is a curvy one. You gotta I'll I'll get there eventually. Right. So you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. It's like crossing a creek, right? Out there. <laughs> That's right. Might be about that easy. Yep. I don't know. Yep. All right, so uh, Jarrett has a CFP and a CWS uh, behind his name. Yes, sir. Uh, he is a CFP certificate, much like Casey Smith, who is also a certificate of the CFP. That's and I right. got that right, right? Yep, all you right. got it. Can't use it as a noun. <laughs> I got all the That's right, the, the CFP down. board would be proud. Yeah, well, know exactly how to I mean, reference it. That, that makes one, them and my mom, I mean, that's about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, your mama loves you no matter who mm-hmm, you are. No matter what. You could have messed that up and she'd still love you. Oh, she probably would. Now, the board, on the other hand. Yeah, well. I don't know. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, anyway, Casey not only holds, uh, you know, not only is a CFP certificate, but he's also, uh, I, am SEPA. I going to say it the same way? SEPA certificate. Yeah. I'll just use the same yeah, sounds language good. in the same way. Yeah, so uh, I don't think they're quite as uh, stringent as the CFP board, so you yeah, can they, you can call it whatever you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> they might just be a little more shy. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. <laughs> uh, so tell us again what a SEPA is. That is a certified exit planning advisor. So that means that you can tell people where to where to leave. Tell them yeah, don't and don't let the uh, door hit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think it's a it's a estate planning related thing because of you know the exit, uh, right? Making the the final exit, but it's <laughs> really kind of business exit. planning. <laughs> right. It's uh it's about exiting your business and how to how to best to do that in the most tax efficient way and get the most value that you can out of uh out of a transition out of your business. There you go, and uh, usually a a planning advisor in a case like that uh i mean when's the best time to call you i mean if, if i were thinking about selling my business it, it, 
is it too late already to call you? I mean, if yeah, I mean, not, not it's never too late. Obviously, it's good to uh, to plan and have somebody on, on your on your side if you're thinking about selling your business. But ideally, you know, three to five years before you're looking to exit would be a, a good time to plan. You know, a lot of what we do is try to help um, not only with the actual exit or the sale or, or transition to family or, or insiders or however you're planning to, to do that, but, but also to help uh, enhance the value of the business along the way. So doing things to set it up for a, a, a tangible exit that helps you realize the most value out of it. And part of that is kind of growing the value and setting yourself up uh, before you're actually ready to sell. Yeah. Uh, so that's what a lot of people don't realize either is, you can, it's never too early to plan. It, exit planning is just good business strategy in general. So Right. Um, so uh, I know there's at, a lot of – any time in the – Right. Yeah, there's a lot of folks out there that are, that are uh, considering a transition into uh, retirement from their business maybe that they've held for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of baby boomers that are, that are uh, approaching retirement or might be, you know, very near retirement. So uh, – right. If uh, you are a business owner and you would like some advice on uh, ways to enhance the valuation in your business, uh, maybe just prepping it to sell, considering mm-hmm. sources, who would you potentially sell it yeah, to? Nice. Um, you know, KC can help you lot, step through there. some of those details. Uh, and, uh, guys, you know, we always talk about the stock market on the show, and uh, here we are again. If you listened last week, I told you the market was going to go up. I'm just telling you guys. If I tell How'd you, you know? I tell you if you if I tell you it's going to rain, <laughs> just get your jacket, put on your raincoat. <laughs> yep. uh, market up 1.44 percent this week. Um, information technology is back on a rip, uh, up 3.1 percent. Discretionary is up 2.69. The old pattern's back. Energy down 3.43 percent. Now we had. Yeah, Troy, it's pretty easy to win when you never move your back row. You know, that's <laughs> that's right. That's rule number one. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. I, you know, when statistics are in your favor, man, you just, why bucket? I mm-hmm. mean, why in the world would I try to, to make a, some crazy call on what the market's going to yeah. do? If you bounce around, you're, you're much more likely to get it wrong more often, I would think, than if you just say yeah. it's going up every time. Well, we know it goes up. What did you right. say, two-thirds? Two-thirds of the time, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the worst things you can do, is say it's going to be flat. And guess who says that from time to time? I'll tell him you said it, Jarrett, but mm. his Dollar initials Bill are Dollar Bill Dollar Laker. Bill, yeah. He'll, he'll tell that. you. He'll go flat, flat once in a while. Now, I don't know what's with him. I keep telling him, man. This what kind of margin of error is there, though? I mean, is is down or up 1% considered flat, or does it got to be? No, I'm saying flat, flat. I mean, if, if you were basis points off, I'd give you flat. Mm-hmm. But even even yeah, that is half like a, percent a long or more, shot. Yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, uh, looking longer term, let's look at the twelve month. Over the past twelve months, the S and P five hundred has increased eighteen point six six percent. Hey guys, did y'all know? Not only is the market up almost double its annual average. Well, I say double. We're 80% better than the annual average because the annual average is about 10.5%. Mm-hmm. But we also had a recession in the middle of that. It's crazy Still just thing. surreal, is it not? Yeah. If unbelievable you, year. <laughs> right. And, and even looking at, at just the, the returns, you know, between the different sectors of the market, with energy down, you know, almost 30% right. over the past 12 months, 
information technology up almost 45%. I mean, that is a pretty wide variance between, you know, how you're invested. Um, really makes a difference. And it's just almost oh, 75%. Yeah. What's the big deal? Yeah, I know. I wonder what it looks yeah. like. What what the market quote unquote looks like when you extract the the IT performance on the year. I mean, obviously that's a part of of the performance, but it, it's a much different story if you were to take that out, or even you know, Casey and I were looking the other day at the S and P equal weighted uh, index just to see what it would be, because you know, obviously there's going to be different weightings due to the company sizes on those that are listed on the S and P 500 sure. and size according to market cap. Right? right, exactly. Looks looks like a much different and, story. And I've actually got that pulled up here, Jared. It's uh, oh, yeah? I'm showing year to date through yesterday is about eleven and a half percent on the equal weighted. Yeah, so so that, it's come back actually quite a bit in the past yeah, since six the election. weeks or so, really. Exactly. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Since the election. And that's almost exactly it was. Uh, if you if you look, one of the big changes that we saw was October 30th. If you go back to October 30th and look at small and mid cap relative to mm-hmm. uh, large cap, uh, they have blown large cap away during that period. But, uh, you know, first half of the year, well, first 10 <laughs> months of the year. Yeah. Uh, they just got beat like a drum. Well, and a lot of uh, the value plays have started to catch up some recently too, right? Because they've been uh, really some, underperforming yeah, on the year. Right. So just as well talk a little about that. Um, I looked at it this morning. Um, we got the S&P 500 is up about 16 point whatever what would we say? Year-to-date, um, 17.2%. Mm-hmm. Um Year to date on the the uh, mid cap and the small caps, they're around twelve uh, percent. Um, year to date, so they've caught up significantly, and really, it all started around you know beginning of November, end of October. Um, but if you look at perf- at um, performance, it tells you what's happened. But if you look at uh, the fundamentals underlying, mm-hmm. uh, anybody want to guess what the P.E. is on S&P 500 right now? Uh, a while back it was high 20s or, or maybe even low 30s last time I looked at it. But yeah, 29. 29, yeah. 29. Uh, it's crazy. Which, it, you know, its long-term average is 16.7. We're only 75% overvalued relative <laughs> to... Yeah. It's like 73%. No no kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the S&P 500 growth index, so just the growth stocks within the S&P 500, uh, they've outperformed significantly. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, just blown the, blown the, the knock the cover off the ball mm-hmm. this year. Uh, they're about 75% overvalued, too, relative to their long-term average price-to-earnings ratio. Um, value, believe it or not, is a is a thirty five or thirty eight percent premium to its long term average price to earnings ratio. So everything looks expensive. Yeah, there's price. Except, except energy. No, well, energy looks cheap too. Energy looks cheaper mm-hmm. than many, uh, and you know there's been a reason for that. Demand's been slow to come back, um, but uh, value stocks actually have. Uh, have gotten, um, they've, they've fallen behind, but uh, dividend-paying companies are actually at a discount to their long-term average by about 1.5%. Nice. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll have a dog of the week. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. I am one of those melodramatic fools. Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. 
This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week this week. Normally, I try to tie him into business, but this is just about a guy. A There's guy. a man in Russia. Uh, the Russian media wouldn't even name him. Uh, 59 years old. Went to the doctor recently, told them that he could not breathe at all out of one of his nostrils. I think it was his right nostril. Uh, yeah. Um, they did an x-ray and they found a blockage. A blockage that he now remembers happened when he was uh, six years old. What? He stuck a coin up his nose when he was six. Man's 59 they just recently found this coin. He said he was too scared to tell his strict mother about it and then later forgot. Just forgot he had a coin in his nose. So 50 years later, it just started bothering him. And yeah, I mean, he couldn't breathe. He couldn't breathe at all out of one nostril. So he you know, decided he would. Surely he didn't go 50 in. years struggling with that. He I had a, a Soviet one Kopec coin. It's basically the size of a penny, you know, a U.S. penny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been in there. He has uh, rhinoliths. You ever heard of those? Can't say that I have. The, the rhinoliths are are stones in the nasal cavity. I guess they often form in people's nostrils. But these had formed around the coin, uh, to the point where the old uh, Soviet one kopec um, had the hammer and sickle from from the old Soviet Union. You know, the, mm-hmm. their coinage changed in '91 when uh, uh, when they had problems and uh, right. wound up being the uh, Russian Federation, I guess is what they are now. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, guys had a, had a had a penny in his nose for 53 years. It's no big deal. How could you forget there's a penny in know. your nose? Somebody asked him for a, a penny for his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell That's you what, amazing. the other thing is, I, is there any one of us? that would really be afraid to tell. I mean, there's things that I would be afraid to tell my mom, but that I had oh, yeah. a penny in my nose? Yeah, I could, I don't I know, could man. imagine. Those, those communist uh, mothers are, are pretty strict. I don't, <laughs> that's, I, that's true. I can probably see where he's coming from. I yeah. mean, at the very least, you think 53 years ago, if you'd have told her, she might have beat the penny out of his mm-hmm. nose, but at least he wouldn't have that problem. Oh, uh, Exactly. It seems like a less yeah. suffering than a, than a coin in your nostril for 50 years. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's if, you're, if you're living under a communist regime, you probably got bigger problems to worry about. Than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, you know, they, for some reason they seem to rally around their leaders and you know be all excited when uh, one of them rides a shark or something like that. And I, I don't know if you've seen the internet, but uh, if, oh, you, yeah. if you haven't seen Vlad, oh, good old Vlad Putin mm-hmm. riding a shark, then you really haven't paid much attention. Oh, yeah. He likes to do that kind of thing. Shirtless horse rides and all that good, that good stuff. You know, it's just it's crazy. <laughs> That's to be proud of. I mean, yeah, I guess. you had never looked real close. He might have a penny in his. He probably has a nickel in his nose. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, it's not the first time things like this have happened. There's a, a story from 2015 where Steve Easton, a man from Surrey, England, uh, who was then 51, had a sneezing fit during which the tip of a toy dart shot out of his nose. Uh, he had put it in there when he was age seven. The doctors had attempted to take it out, couldn't find it, and uh, decided that uh, it just didn't need to be removed. 
What? And then See, it, those things take care of themselves. That's what I tell my kids. If they get the <laughs> yeah. Worry, it'll work its way out. Yeah, just give it a little time. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it is funny, though, because uh, there's a uh, there's a, uh, one of our associates, I was on a phone call with him a few months back, early in the pandemic, and, you know, he was working from home. His daughter ran up to him, and he says, uh, Troy, I got to go. And uh, the problem was his daughter had stuck a piece of popcorn in her nose. And... <laughs> He he finally got her to get it out, but I mean, at least it wasn't a Copic. Yeah, exactly. At least she didn't have a, a penny in her nose. I didn't realize that that was such a common common theme. I Sticking mean, things in your nostrils. Mm-hmm. I, and you've I got five kids, Jared. I would think if it was going to happen to anyone. Yeah, yeah. well. You, know, you, I, you would have some experience. Exactly. With I'm surprised I hadn't run into that yet, although I could have. Maybe one of them's like this guy. Yeah, and there's probably. something I just don't know about. They're afraid to tell me because they think I'm going to get upset go, about it. You need to go home tonight. In fact, Casey, you're at home now. You Just ask your kids, is there anything in your nostrils we need to talk about? Yeah. I know. And that's the other I didn't realize that talk. that was something that actually needed to be asked, but after hearing this, maybe. Yeah, I mean, how strict a parent are you, Jerry? Yeah. Well, it, you could have all kind of stuff. They, they probably just think on. I'd make fun of them. Like, well, you learned that lesson the hard way, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Jarrett's the kind of father that hands him a fork and says, "Go over and jiggle around yeah. in the in the receptacle. See like, if you can dig a penny out." The best learning comes from experience. You know, you got to got to let some things happen. That's true. Well, I, you know, it also brings up the fact that I, my dad has got a, a rather large nose, and. Uh, I, you know, it's been mentioned to him a time or two, but I, mm. you know, I've heard people tell him jokingly. Obviously, these are people he calls friends. You know, you'd be a wealthy man if you had a nose full of nickels. Maybe that's <laughs> what this guy was trying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, hey, this is a financial show, so let's talk about some finance. This craziness has got to end at some point, right? Oh yeah. All right. So uh, we got a situation where Todd, who's 41, divorced. Um, you know, makes W-2 income. I, you know, he's got some rental income as well, interest and dividends. He says, I've got 25 or 30 years before I'll get to use my retirement fund, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm in a good position since I've been saving both to my 401k and Roth IRA um, since my mid-20s. Uh, number one, congratulations. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a feat. You're ahead of the pack. Uh, increasing contributions every year. He says, I I feel like I could withstand some volatility, so I guess uh, I have a higher risk tolerance than most. Uh, probably so, if you're talking like yeah, that. And a nice time horizon. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'd like to really take advantage of the economic environment and the new presidential administration in 2021. I was thinking uh, some green energy plays and maybe something uh, to take advantage of the Biden's plan to stimulate municipalities. Uh, how much of my total portfolio should be allocated to such positions? Uh, what kind of companies should I be looking for? And what are your thoughts on a Biden-friendly portfolio? Well, I'll take the last question first, since that is kind of my forte. Sure. He's already looking in the right direction. I think most people are thinking that uh, green energy is going to be benefited. Um, and if stimulation gets passed... I don't, you know, the early stimulation, the one they're talking about currently, the $900 billion, is is not earmarked. It's more for the individual consumer. Uh, but there has been lots of talk about giving some stimulus to municipalities, uh, mm-hmm. especially some of those who, you know, were already struggling before the pandemic. Things like, um, you know, Cook County, Illinois, 
Uh, mm-hmm. City of Chicago comes to mind. Um, New York, some cities in California have been struggling. Uh, you would think all three of those places are high taxed areas. Yeah. What in the world? Why are you having issues? Number one, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe the spending is the problem. Yeah, could uh, be. So that's the end of my political commentary for the moment. Mm-hmm. I make no promises whether or not it returns. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, there there is some some stimulus talk, and maybe uh, companies that that provide infrastructure, maybe a Caterpillar or somebody like that, could potentially be a good stock as a, a Biden portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESG seems to be more of a, um, not so much a cyclical or presidential theme, uh, but it does seem that uh, many young investors are looking more these days toward investing for environment, yeah. cause, uh, social, you know, social and governance, the ESG mm-hmm. type portfolios. Um, but uh, well, I, me, I think the biggest something. thing is he's talking about should he play around with his portfolio? Well, I was I was having a similar conversation with a client recently about this and, and just wondering what your thoughts were uh, just about, because really when you're looking at something like a, you know, a Biden-friendly portfolio as, as Todd is here, we've had clients ask us about that. Are there certain things you guys are looking at for or under the new administration? And, you know, my answer to them has been, for the most part, we really utilize more of a bottom-up approach than right. we do sort of the top-down, which is what this would be considered, because we want to start with what we know to be the healthiest of healthy companies. Right. And then, you know, that, it's not to say that these kind of things shouldn't be considered as far as the administration or other macroeconomic issues, but before you ever get to that point, I really think it has to start more from a bottom-up. I mean, would you say, have you ever looked at anything that says a top-down approach performs better over time than a bottom-up? Uh, do you know... Well, you know, there's uh, what's usually made of the the best approaches to investing is the allocation. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what we generally tend to do is look at valuation, profitability and growth. Yep. Uh, Not necessarily in that order, uh, but valuation is a is a major point, especially right now. As we've already talked, you know, we've got we've got a market that's pretty dang expensive right now in most instances so um you know i think that's probably one of the most most important pieces but jared let's finish answering this question when we get back uh we do need to take a real quick break um and and we'll flesh that out a little more in the next segment sounds good all righty you're listening to money talk stick around Interest rates. rates. Cannot stop stop. the sharp drop in economic activity caused by closures and other forms of social distancing. When the world changes, know what to do. This This is is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with none other than Jarrett the Man (laughs) McKenzie. Jarrett Man Kenzie. Can I just call you that? <laughs> hey, that works. So you know, whatever, huh? Whatever you need, whatever you makes you feel good. All right. Uh, I also have on the line Casey Smith. Casey, you there? I'm here. I I'm thought here. for a second you hesitated a little bit. Uh, you woke up. him up. He dozed yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to catch a nap between segments. You guys, you guys <laughs> yeah. caught me. Oh, sorry to bore you. Huh? Uh, 
Yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty <laughs> good show, but hey, yeah. Uh, been home with the kids all day, man. They wear, they'll wear you out. Is that what I it know is? as well as anyone. Well, anyone. he only has two, Jarrett. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a piece of cake. He don't no. have like 12. Jerry could do two kids with his arms <laughs> tied behind his back. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. He can watch so. a full football game with two kids. I mean. Mm. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. The five have worn me down enough. I'm, I'm nowhere near where not, I was. Not the two. man you used to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, no. um, we have been talking about a financial situation uh, where an individual is looking to get a little more tactical. If you have financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer them on the air. You can get in touch with us with your questions at uh, our question hotline. Number is 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you call in, leave your message, including your question. We play it on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, If you prefer not to do that, you can call and speak to a human being. Our number there is 770-429-9166. The way it works, you'll call in, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will get your question to us so we can answer it on the air. Otherwise, you can email us at drgene@hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Again, just include your question. Uh, we'll read it and answer right behind and uh, let you know our thoughts. Um, if you're more of a do-it-yourselfer, you can go to hensler.com, and we've got lots of information downloaded there. Um, the spelling again is H E N S S L E R dot com. Uh, so guys, we were talking about a situation where Todd, who's 41, has been saving like a champ. I mean, guy started in his mid 20s, uh, saved kind of in a diversified way 401k and a Roth IRA. So he's got taxable, mm-hmm. uh, issues in the future but the Roth you know yep. he's already paid the tax on he won't yep. have that so he's diversified mm-hmm. his tax situation a bit for the Smart future man. at yeah. 41 you normally don't come across that usually mm-hmm. it's somebody in their 50s or 60s and you know they stop and think oh wait yeah. when I turn 72 I'm gonna have to be forced to take my money out of my 401k or my traditional right. IRA and oh yeah, it's taxable, and I got no way to get around it. Mm-hmm. And you probably had a lot higher rate at that point than you were when you were in your twenties and thirties, and uh, tax rate that is. So you know you're better off contributing to the Roth early on, not only because you can eventually get over the phase out to even be eligible to contribute, but also right. it makes more sense to pay the, the tax early on. Uh, since it probably won't be as high, assuming that tax rates don't change. Yeah. Uh, so Todd's been pretty smart. Yeah. Done a great job up to this point. Um. And he's wanting to know how much should he allocate to a tactical move. So he's wanting to get in a portfolio that might benefit him uh, during the Biden administration. And we've already talked about, you know, green energy seems to be a positive for uh, for um, Biden's focus. Uh, might have more regulation, especially taxation. Uh, mm-hmm. He's talked about that specifically. Um and and also maybe giving some money to some municipalities so you know if they can give a bailout to um governments uh that's that's been discussed uh, sure. pretty pretty lengthy discussions there um but let's talk a little about how much what what portion of your portfolio should you use for for a tactical allocation and by the way when we talk about tactical you would assume that this is something that you can be um, pretty fleet of foot. You can make mm-hmm. moves quickly, uh, get in something when it looks attractive, get out when the right. attractiveness fades. Um, 
Mm-hmm. First of all, it, it you are increasing your risk when you start investing this way. Sure. Uh, so, you know, if you're not real risky at all, you might not mm-hmm. want to try it. Um, yeah, that's a big generally. factor here. Right. But, you know, it, it is something that even we at Hensler Financial do with a portion of portfolio. So, you mm-hmm. know, if things look a little bit too frothy, we'll take a little risk off the table. And that's a tactical move as well because the market can continue going on. Right. Um, you know, while you're sitting in the, you know, while, while your ship is in the harbors, so <laughs> to speak. Um, and then just the opposite, you know, you you uh, step out there looking to get risky and, and things fall apart, mm-hmm. go against you. The thing you've got to really be careful of is not getting too anchored to uh, what you thought was going to happen and continue to believe that, oh, yeah, well, it didn't happen today, but it's gonna. And right. I'm only down 20 percent, but. You know, yeah. when it gets back to twenty percent, I'm gonna I'm gonna cash out and just just be even. Mm-hmm. That when people yeah, start talking about that, thing. yeah, yeah, KC, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, just to remember that that not to try to time the market with these decisions necessarily. I mean, if you're making kind of a longer term decision and you you think, for instance, right now when we're in a situation where the PE is what did you say it was twenty nine twenty nine yeah the S and P and historical average is 16 and i mean you know taking a a, some risk off the table probably makes sense with a portion of the portfolio but you certainly don't want to make you know this decision with a hundred percent or even fifty percent probably of of what you've got invested um to you know while we do think that valuations are high uh or if you think that one segment of the economy is going to outperform another you may be right over the long run but the timing of that is, is very hard, if not impossible, to predict. So mm-hmm. making s- small allocation decisions to a tactical position is, is okay, and that's probably not a bad thing if you know, know what you're doing. But um, to try to do that with a, more than you know, 10 to 20% of your portfolio is probably uh, not the wisest decision. Right. Yeah. It really all does come down to that risk. I mean, that's kind of the, the catalyst here for what is appropriate for you and what's not. I mean, I think to Casey's point, it is part of a broader, well-diversified portfolio. It's just a matter of how much do you do you want to get, you know, because it, it shouldn't be your entire portfolio. And there, there, there needs to be a balance there. It just depends on how risky would you want to get. I mean, in, in our models, what's well, the highest? Well, let's look at Look at like energy, for instance, which is by far and away, we talked about it earlier, the, the worst performing sector of the economy right now. Right. Um, but if you think about, and actually, Troy, one of your, your research guys kind of gave me this explanation, and it made so much sense after he told me it, uh, about it. And if, if you think about the inputs of all of the other industries, you know, look at like Amazon, for instance. One of their major inputs is energy. Right. <laughs> um, they have to, you know, keep the lights in the warehouses on and the the, uh, uh, the trucks on the road and everything like that. And if energy costs go up, then their bottom line is going to be impacted potentially pretty strongly by the rise in energy costs. Whereas the energy sector would benefit from that. Sure. So that's a, just a pure a great example of diversification coming into play where. You've got one segment of the economy that's probably going to take a hit if energy prices go up, another segment of the economy or your portfolio that would benefit from those energy prices going up. And so you're, you're kind of smoothing out your returns in the long run. Um, and I think that's a good way to look at it. Is, yeah, that's is a good point. Using yeah. it as a, as a hedge almost. Yeah. 
Well, you know, if it, if it comes down to materials or chemicals or many of the inputs, just as you said, I, not even just the overhead, but uh, some of the inputs, you know, in, in cost of goods sold for cor corporations are, are petroleum-based. So uh, anytime uh, energy increases uh, when we're talking about crude oil, uh, you're going to see some winners and some losers. And, and the winners are almost all in the energy sector. And when you're talking about uh, oil prices at around what mid 40s uh, mm -hmm. much better than it was six months ago but at the same time still uh, well below what seems to be an equilibrium price probably closer to 65 70 uh, dollars a barrel on oil in fact um, you know just a couple of weeks ago uh, Goldman Sachs came out and was talking about a, a 50 percent increase to 65 bucks a barrel or approximately 50% increase in 2021 alone. So if uh, demand does come back, then, um, wow. you know, like they're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, do you think energy companies are going to not benefit from yeah, this? Really, I mean, when you think about it in conjunction with a potential ban on fracking and things like that that could come right. into play, I mean, it's just going to drive it up even more potentially. Yeah, yeah, so. no doubt. Yeah, uh, the green energy play as a Biden-friendly portfolio is definitely something to consider. But, I mean, you got to think that the Exxon Mobiles and the Chevrons and the, these big players in the energy industry are going to participate in some of that green energy. I mean, they're heavily investing in those areas, too. So yep. they're not just going to sit on the sidelines and, and wait to be overrun by uh, as we pivot to a more clean energy uh, kind of economy. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Casey. I don't, you know, back in May when uh, Royal Dutch cut their dividend, they didn't kill it, but they cut it by two thirds. Uh, that was the reason, so that they could invest more in uh, green energies. They want to be energy independent or zero uh, emissions. emissions by 2050. You're listening to Money that's Talks. An that's right. Yeah, an energy company. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Forceful measures that we as a country are taking to control the spread of the virus have brought much of the economy to an abrupt halt. Many businesses have closed. People have been asked to stay home. Your money, your money is on the line. Is on the line. Money talk. Money talk is on the air. All right, we're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Casey Smith, and uh, we've been talking about situation uh, that uh, Todd, who's 41, was talking about. Tactical investing, trying to get in front of a, a uh, you know, some of the benefits you might see from a, a Biden portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got questions of your own, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, our question hotline number is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. If you'd prefer to talk to a human instead of our machine, you can call seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. Uh, or you can email us at drgenehensler.com, which is D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website where we've got lots of information downloaded that might, uh, you know, guide you through various things. Uh, probably even a few of those SEPA articles, wouldn't you think, Casey? There's got to be one or two out there. Yeah, yeah. I would bet so. Some uh, business uh, exit planning stuff, uh, financial planning, uh, 
taxes, uh, how to yeah. handle, you know, pandemic, post-pandemic reactions from the government, which mm-hmm. they seem so distant at this point. I mean, that was all the way back in March. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking nine months ago. <laughs> yeah, well, forever. No, no shortage of information. Like nine years ago. Yeah, yeah really. It really does at this point, but uh, we're still kind of slogging along in the middle of, you mm-hmm. know, Distancing. I feel and like this year has aged me about nine years. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, uh, you've stayed, you've spent a lot of time at home, so yeah, that's it. I know. I if know. you told me this time last year, work at home ninety percent of the time, I would have been all over it. But now, I think I'd rather it be the other way around. <laughs> You're heading back <laughs> to the office. <laughs> I didn't know how much I appreciated my office. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, if if uh, folks at home have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Like I say, uh, one probably a final point uh, talking about Todd and his. Uh, Ideas of tactical, obviously, we'd keep it relatively small, 5 to maybe 30%, and that's only if you're really a, a risk uh, risk taker, risk tolerant person. Um, the, uh, the other thing I would say is it's a little early. I think you're a bit early mm-hmm. getting in, trying to get in front of things. Um, we really haven't heard much from uh, the president-elect at this point. Uh, we did hear a lot during uh, during the lead up to the election. Since then, it's been relatively quiet, yeah. uh, and I have a feeling that some of that might be just to wait and see what happens in Georgia and whether or not they win the Senate. Obviously, if the Senate goes to the Republicans, um, you're probably just going to see gridlock and very uh, minimal passage of of uh, any major yeah. uh, tax law. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some things that they can change with regulation without um, you know the Senate's approval, but uh, yeah, there'll be change, but nowhere near as significant as if there ends up being that blue wave like we've heard. You know, yeah. if, the, if if the Republicans lose those Senate seats, then now all bets are off, and you don't know. It, it could look drastically different, or or maybe it doesn't. You know, maybe yeah. it really still right. is just. I think you're right. It's it's premature at this point. You really need to see how things play out from here a little bit, anyways, to get an idea because. Right now, it's just very speculative. Yeah, right. No doubt. All right. Well, we've got uh, some questions we want to cover here. Um, We've got one. uh, This kind of ties back into the situation. Parker from Stonecrest says, I own both Raytheon and General Dynamics uh, in my industrial holdings. My guess is that defense will not be doing as well going forward. I'd like to trim one and invest the proceeds into something more diverse in the industrial sector, what would you suggest? So um, question first, I guess, is which one do you trim? And um, let's look at a few details. Maybe if I had my notes together, I would uh, be able to answer that right off the bat. But since I don't, how about that? Uh, We've got uh, Raytheon, uh, who is an aerospace and defense company. Uh, They recently cut their dividend from 7350 per quarter down to uh, 47 and a half cents per quarter. That was the second quarter of 2020, probably uh, trying to save a little cash uh, in case things got bad. Um, so it's it's not very solid when it comes to fundamentals. Their long-term growth expectations are negative, uh, expected to contract by about five and a half percent. Their uh, operating profit margins, pretty attractive ROA at just 2.5%, though. Uh, Return on equity at uh, 6.9%. Pretty heavily indebted. Um, You look at General Dynamics, both these companies are are, um, aerospace uh, defense contractors. Um, 
and I would agree, you know, the, the uh, situation going forward, at least for the next few years, is probably not going to be most beneficial for companies in, uh, you know, in defense contracting, reliant on the government. Um, although when you look at general dynamics, they do have a growth that's about 4.5% is what's expected. Their five-year earnings growth has been a little over 5%, so it's pretty much in line with the expectations are in line with uh, historic results. Um, both of these companies, you know, they're, they're um, pretty well uh, established. Um, dividend coverage, even after being cut, is very similar for both. 2.9 for uh, General Dynamics, 2.8 times for uh, uh, Raytheon, with about a 2.6% dividend for Raytheon, 2.9% dividend yield. Uh, for General Dynamics. If you look, um, uh, both of the companies, uh, like I said, um, are contractors. 69% of General Dynamics revenues are generated from U.S. government contracts. 53% of Raytheon's uh, are coming from U.S. government contracts. So uh, two companies very heavily reliant. Uh, if you look, uh, GD is almost all governments, even outside of the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. uh, they sell airplanes to foreign countries, so it's all, uh, you know, a, a very large portion of it. Twenty percent of the revenue from Raytheon actually is sourced from Airbus and Boeing. Neither of those companies are really knocking the cover off the ball, and, <laughs> you know, while you've got uh, uh, issues in the in the travel industry, in the airline industry. Um, uh, these, are, these are really two... Um, tough holdings. Mm -hmm. um, I think if I had to make the decision, I'd have to hang on to General Dynamics, even though it is more government. I think you'll probably see less uh, growth in the budget for the defense uh, under a, a Democrat administration, yeah. but I don't think you're going to see it just totally obliterated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're if you're looking for another company, uh, you know, you you also have maybe... Uh, Lockheed Martin that does some of the same things, although it does make um, you know aircraft for for uh, business use as well. Um, that looks to be pretty attractively valued right now. Though that would be a good one to potentially consider. Yeah, I think I one that I like right now is Siemens. Uh, it's a German-based company. They've got a lot of stuff going on in the U.S. as well. Uh, very splintered. Uh, probably the largest contributor to revenue mm -hmm. as 1.52 percent. Instead yeah. of having lots of eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. this thing is, is quite splintered. It has a 3% dividend. It's one that we recommend to clients as well. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't realize how attractive that one was, in Siemens, that is, before reading some stuff on it the other day, and I was kind of blown away about you know, some of the potential there, and, and as far as valuation goes, it looks to be very attractive. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if, if I were going to do anything right now, I would include that dividend. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, consider a, consider a company that pays dividends. Industrials have quite a few that that are pretty good dividend payers. Uh, Eaton's another one. You know, it's got two and a half percent dividend yield. Limited government exposure with, uh, again, a very splintered um, mm -hmm. client base. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, with uh, government contractors. Yeah. Until the government decides that it's <laughs> not going to buy new aircraft and. War machines, right? right. So you, yeah. you're saying you'd trim Raytheon before General Dynamics, right? And buy and consider buying 
you know. Yeah, if you're looking for another place to go, I'd say Siemens is probably the most attractive. Mm -hmm. Uh, For a government contractor, maybe a Lockheed Martin or somebody like that. But, uh, you know, all things considered, um, I don't think that the government contractors are going to get crushed. But I do believe that uh, sentiment is not going to be nearly so Yeah, growth may be limited. Yeah, no doubt. Sure. Well, guys, uh, we are nearing the end of the show. Casey, I'm going to ask you first. What do you think? Market up or down next week? Oh, well, going from our first segment, I got to go up. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see you learned something. I really want to say flat, but I'm going to say up too. How about that? Both Casey and Jared up. You know me. I'm always saying the same thing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.